So I'm taking the mister out in front of your name. Because it's a mister like you that puts the rest of us to shame. I've seen enough. Oh, I've seen enough. And I've seen enough to know that I've seen too much. You see, because mister, when you're rattling on heaven's gate, by then, it is too late. For the record, excuse me, mister, song by Ben Harper. Warning, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouth. We may or may not use inappropriate language, but you, if you know us, you can guarantee we probably are. Warning. What's up? What's up? I'm Sarah, the mother. And I'm Jewel, the daughter. And And you're you're listening to What What the the F is Ladylike. Well, everybody's listening to murder, mystery, crimes. They want us to talk about it. We would love to. But instead, we're going to talk about why people are getting away with things. I mean, why? Why, Jill? Why? Money. Money. So we're going to focus on the really screwed up thing in crime today. Welcome, welcome. If this is the first time listening to us, welcome. Welcome, welcome, guys. We are glad you found us. We've been waiting just for this day for you to start listening. (laughs) We want to recognize that Washington, D.C. is listening to us. Welcome, welcome. Hello, guys listening over there. You know, as I was checking our stats, Joel, I noticed that our anxiety show is just like soaring. It's just like went well over the social media one now. It used to be the social media, but our anxiety show is just like soaring. I mean, it's just like crazy numbers. Do you think people are suffering from anxiety right now a little bit? I feel Maybe. like it. I Maybe feel like you got to reach out for that. Maybe we should do a couple tips. I'm down. We should do a couple tips. First off, I'm drinking today. Guess what I'm drinking? Apple, celery, cucumbers. It's pretty refreshing. Pretty refreshing. What are you drinking over there, Joel? I'm just drinking some lemonade, some fresh lemonade, and having some cantaloupe and a sandwich. 
while we're recording. Yeah. So if you hear her chomping away. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had time for lunch today, guys. Sorry. Um. Also, we have dogs barking in, in, in around. We have children that, you know, we are in a separate room, but guess what? They're going to be loud. <laughs> we don't have any soundproofing, guys. We're not that fancy yet. I mean, we do have some, but, you know, of course, I'm still in a cast and, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to totally do the whole setup today. So let's, um, let's give a couple tips on anxiety. You know, Joel, when when you wake up in the morning and you are like, I look like shit or I'm bloated, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, that is putting a negative spin on the way that you look, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, let's wake up and... Tell yourself how beautiful you are. Rock it. Whether you feel like you're too skinny, whether you feel like you're too big, you own it, you rock it. Right, Joel? Yes. Look in that mirror and say, I'm fucking fabulous. There's only one me. I look this way because I'm me and no one else can look like me. And the other thing is if you start believing that, that, that you don't look good, you're going to have a different um, way you carry yourself every single day. And the perspective that you have on pretty much everything. So try it. Try waking up in the morning. You're freaking- it's not just about your looks. Just be like, hey, I'm going to be happy today. You know, try and not let those negative, because those negative people and negative things, that's on them. That's not on you. You can be the most positive person that you can be mm-hmm. and just let all those negativity, negative people just be around you, but not affect you. Right. 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 Very right. And those that are suffering from anxiety i want you to try and and do this um instead of saying i suffer from anxiety change your words change that words i want you to tell yourself i'm overcoming anxiety i'm overcoming it i had anxiety in the past because that's a true statement even if you had a panic attack or an anxiety attack um, five minutes ago, that was in the past. So you're not you're not lying to yourself. You were that was in the past, and in one second is a new day. So you can honestly tell yourself, "I've had anxiety in the past." And the crazy thing is, guys. As long as you're an adult, which hopefully you're an adult listening to this and not anybody younger. But crazy thing is, is it's your life, guys. Um, Someone once told me that you have to take control of your life. No one is going to do it for you. And that goes for your mind, your health, all every aspect of the way. That's just how life goes. If you're not happy with your life, you have to change it. Nobody's going to make those changes. You know what I mean? 
So you got to wake up and just take on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks, though, because life's been getting hard, I know. We wanted to recognize that we saw that that was um, the show that was soaring off the charts there. So we wanted to give you a couple new, fresh little tips. But back to the social media one, since that one is the second running up, because that one was it. You know, Joel asked me a question. Oh, it was about a week ago. She, We were talking about social media. She asked me a question. If anybody under the age of 18 right. should have social media or social media accounts. If I could do it all over again, I think I would not let my teenagers be on social media. Yeah. Well, and people may think all sorts of crazy ways to me because my children are growing up in such a social media world and I'm not going to allow them to have accounts. And if I find out that they have accounts behind my back, that's going to be very upsetting. But I would hope that they wouldn't do that and that we could communicate with it. Because if my if her, my daughter and my son gets friends and they want to show their friends something, they don't need an account. They can text their friend and show them their picture that way. They don't need to post it online for other people to see. If it's a one-on-one thing that you're trying to, you know... Because it's changed. Social media is not what it was. And some of these platforms that they have kids on, they shouldn't even be allowed on. And they are. Like 100% Snapchat. Right. I was just going to say that. Snapchat, man. Right. What I mean, what do you think the purpose is for that for like a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old? It's just to open up a way for predators to get to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, it used to be where they've changed it so much throughout the years, too, but it's actually made it worse, not better. They used to be where Snapchat was like you opened a photo and it actually disappeared. You couldn't look at it again. There was no way, whatever. But now people can save it into their their phones. They can screenshot stuff. They they've made stuff more accessible for predators. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and. I mean, Facebook in itself, I I don't even have one. So if you think my children are going to have a Facebook account, that's flat out crazy wrong. No, Facebook is absolutely nonsense. That is how a lot of people get your information, get your address, get your phone number. It's just no good. Like, I'm not going to trust my my kids on there. And <clears throat> I'm sure they'll have questions and it's not going to be fair because other kids are going to have it. But when they get older, they'll understand. Yeah, so as a, as a parent, if I could rewind time, I mean, social media was just starting when my kids mm-hmm. were I mean, let's just let's just be real cuz that's who, that's how we are, right? Let's just be real. There's more bullying on on social media. Why mm-hmm. put your children through it? Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's a lot of uh predators that are out there that are just looking, egging. I mean, why do it? Why, why, why? Parents, if you have teenagers, don't let them have a social media account. Here's a perfect example, guys. And this is an old example or analogy, whatever you want to call it. So if someone comes home, if my daughter comes home from school and says, which she's already starting to do stuff and say stuff, but 
nothing with social media accounts yet but she's like if she comes home and says hey mom can i start a facebook or an instagram account or a tiktok whatever because so and so has one or because so and so whatever it's because someone else has it or because these group of friends have it or all these people so the analogy is is so if that person was to jump off of a bridge oh i want to do it because so and so jumped off a bridge hell no Fuck no. Joel thinks there's way too many creepers out there, man. I do. I mean, it's only getting worse. There's only getting more people. And I mean, growing up, me and my friends were walking to school. Actually, just me and this single friend. So it was just us two. And we got this really creepy vibe from this truck. And... We're like, oh, this is weird. And we finally got together. We, we lived next to each other. And so she was meeting me at my house. And so then we started walking along. The truck turned around and started taking pictures of me and my friend. I, we were in middle school. We were in like sixth, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. We ran to school. We got into the office and I believe that they called the cops and they called the parents. My mom yeah. had to show up. I mean... No, your chil- I mean your children. I mean, it's sad to say, but you're they're not safe. You have to be protecting them, and you have to and, be their advocate until they're eighteen. You have to be your child's advocate until yeah. they're eighteen. Yes, <clears throat> and I mean, with the new world of social media, this stuff is only more accessible to all these fucking creeps out there. I mean, let's just. Bill Cosby got released, man. Bill Cosby got released. This is what we are going to talk about. Not just Bill Cosby. Like, what the fuck you got to do as, like, a person with money to actually fucking get in trouble for something? Well, he got out on, like, a technicality. So, like, they didn't try his case as a criminal case. They tried it as a civil case. If this was anybody else walking down the motherfucking street, they'd be in jail for the rest of their life. Right, right, right. Just because he has a name for himself and money doesn't change who the fuck he is. We're not going to talk about just Bill Cosby. We're going to talk about statute of limitations and what you need to know on these corrupt people. We're going to talk about a couple stories here um, in Oregon. But let's just talk about Bill Cosby. He got out, right? Dude. He got out on a technicality. Now, did he do all of those things to women? Yes. He drugged them. He said it. He said he did. He drugged them. Now, here's the thing. He got out. How do you think all of those victims feel? So I want to know. So in Bill Cosby's case, um, it came down to like a statute of limitations. This one lady, she only had, um, it was coming up on it. We had like what? How many women did were we aware of? Like twenty, thirty? I don't even know. Don't get, don't quote me on that. I don't want to be harassed on the correct fact number on it. Well, and there's some that were too afraid to come out. Right. He's out, man. He's out. How do you think that makes us women 
feel that are survivors. Sucks, man. Sucks. We're going to talk about statute of limitations, just so you know. We're going to talk about the corrupt, but I think that you need to know that it can even happen in your hometown, which it happens. Well, and just so you guys know, um, someone who didn't get in trouble for their actions or even their mouth um, is Donald Trump. Um, there's been many, many women that have come out saying multiple things. And not only that, but there's video proof and evidence of the shit he says about his daughter. Is this just so inappropriate and disgusting? And so there's just no doubt in my mind that a majority of these women are telling the truth. They're, I mean, guys, it's ha- it, ha- it happens, and you need to believe women more. You know, Joel, Oregon's number two law official in 1989 was Scott McAllister. What he was is he was the assistant attorney general, and he handled all of pretty much the legal matters for like the Oregon Department of Corrections. He was later convicted of a crime relating to possessing of child pornography. And yet, in 2010, he was still practicing as an attorney. They gave him a slap on the wrist. For 17 years, McAllister had provided legal counsel for the Oregon Corrections. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not going to go into what everybody else goes into in this story because it's been done. I'm going to focus on the statute of limitations. And you know, this is something that has been happening for a long, long time and nobody has fucking stopped it. And these people get away with it. Now, Multnomah County said there was no reason for him to have those files. This asshole took these went over to Utah, had him, had him in his possession for 10 years. I'm not going to tell you about everything about the story because that's not the point. And there are people still today afraid of their lives. Afraid of their lives. Somebody who should have been trusted We're not going to talk about during that time there was a murder. We're not going to talk about the drugs. We're not going to talk about how there was sex trafficking going on in Salem, Oregon with this guy involved. We're not going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about the statute of limitations where he crossed the border and it should have been a federal offense. And guess what? It wasn't. It wasn't a federal offense. There was laws in place and he never got in trouble. He never got, he, there was no prison time in, for him. It saddens me. I have grandchildren. Jules got kids. Guess what? Shit needs to fucking stop. Things need to change. During that time, guess who the governor was, Joel? Who? Neil Goldschmidt. I know you don't know who he is. He was the mayor of Portland. He was. You know, I only know our shitty-ass governor. Currently. You know, you know our governor and you know the mayor of Portland now. But, yeah. You know, but. So, Neil Goldschmidt, he was the mayor of, in 1973 to 1979. He was the governor during the time. Scott McAllister was uh, the assistant attorney general. So, yeah, Neil was 1987 to 1991. He did not run again. Did not run again. So, we're going to talk about but we're going to talk about his victim. Because here's the thing. The victim never really got a voice. Never really got a voice. I took my notes from Margie Belay because she's trusted here. Out of respect, even after she passed away, she never released her name because she was so up and down. It wasn't, it was Willamette Week that did it. So Margie Belay was, is a well-known writer here in Portland, Oregon. She worked for the Oregonian. She had interviewed the victim several times. Neil Goldsmith admitted to the relationship in 2004. By that time, the statute of limitations was up. Here's the thing. How long do you think it takes for a victim to process everything that happened to them, especially if it was had been going on for a while? How long do you think that that takes to process? It depends on the person. Right. It depends on the person. So let's say you're in shock. Or let's say you hadn't come to reality. Then you're in shock. Some people tend to dive into using, using alcohol, using drugs, a way to numb themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Some people get out of it and some people don't. Some people don't. Unfortunately for this case, she passed away. And we're going to talk about her story and what she really wanted the public to know. But back to the story. 
Neil Goldschmidt was the governor during the time Scott McAllister was the assistant attorney general. We had the director of corrections who, who had died of a murder in January 1989. Scott McAllister ended up moving to Utah during that time. He took a bunch of pornographic child pornography with him, had it for 10 years before he was being prosecuted. Later on, Neil Goldschmidt confessed in 2024 of having a relationship with an underage person. Is that not fucking corruption? fucking something it's disgusting <clears throat> people are protecting the wrong people and it's fucked up like you need to be protecting the innocent people that are getting hurt but yet we're protecting these fucking predators what it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make any sense to me either does not and then it's so annoying when you hear most of these people i have children of my own then fucking do better. Do better. Are you checking out our boy, Jesse Spomberg? If not, I highly recommend it. Go check him out. UrbanSurvivorMan.com If you guys are interested in any sound editing or anything to do with music, check out our sound engineer, Brendan Gen, also known as Comeback Karma. You can find him on Instagram and he you can message him that way and he would definitely respond. He's really great, guys. Don't forget to go check out Dying on the Inside with Josh Larson. If you guys are at any local pubs and bars, be sure to be at a lookout for Josh. He's going to be doing a bunch of open mics. Guys, I would like to remind you, if you like what you're listening to, please like, comment, share, subscribe, and please leave a review. Thank you. As Margie Boulay had documented in her past articles. I'm going to respect exactly what Margie Boulay did, unlike other people who didn't respect, did not respect the victim's wishes. The central part of her story is that Goldschmidt had repeatedly had sex with her when she was a teenager, he admitted it. But many of the details that had happened cannot be verified. 
Goldschmidt was sent detailed descriptions about what happened. So he told, he said, okay, yeah, I had an affair. He called it an affair with a teenager. Her story, she, she even was thinking, well, well there's some people that's not going to believe me. That's so sad. And of course, Neil Goldschmidt did admit, but after the fact, there was nothing that could be done with, done because of the statute of limitations during that time. It's crazy to me that if somebody commits a crime like that, that they can truly get away with it because, because of the time limit, right? And this young lady, she didn't know if people were going to believe her. She had to, she thought that she had to keep this a secret. There's some people that are afraid of for their lives, especially when it's somebody like this. In her statement and in her interview, she knew that people already would have had their mind made up of what the, what was going on, you know? Mm -hmm. It breaks my heart when I was reading it. And because she became a user herself, you know, she couldn't remember what her age was during that time. Later on, when she passed away, Margie Billet did the math, and it was like the first sexual encounter was when he was during the election after he won um, when he was the mayor of Portland. And her parents, they were all for this uh, mayor. And this mayor would, you know, be in her kitchen. And but they were, you know, family friend. Maybe not family friend, but they were a big supporter of Neil Goldschmidt. So this was a nine months, what he would call as an affair that was occurring. And she was, when Margie Belay did the math, she was 15. And that's when her first uh, sexual encounter was with, with him. And this went on for nine months. She did go to a Catholic school in downtown Portland during that time. And she ended up dropping out. She suffered from mental illness quite a bit after that. She bounced around from different places. She did come back to Portland and was very uh, worried about the media. Yeah, there's actually a perfect documentary that it's not about this woman, but it's another woman because, you know, it happens quite often with women and it's not fair. But there's a movie and documentary called Believe Me, and it literally depicts and shows almost what women go through on a regular basis but luckily this woman actually she was a girl woman though I'm going to call her because she's a woman now she finally got heard someone was listening 
and they caught a serial rapist and serial murderer because of her. Mm-hmm. And now she is alive and also works as a detective and police officer at her local police department because she believes that there needs to be more people out there that listen. And I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing that sucks is like nobody's listening to us women. So we feel like we have to get into these job fields. I mean, and, and she did it all. And that's what she always wanted to do. She always had a passion about that kind of work. But she's, you know, she was focused on going into that work more after her situation. So that way it wouldn't happen again. Each woman can get heard by her. You know what I mean? It was very, she talked to three different people and they were like, are you sure you didn't, weren't just at a party and, you know, you just, that, that, uh, and you just showed up rant and just whatever bullshit that they were trying to feed into her. And she's like, no, dude. She's like, I got kidnapped and I was raped. Why don't you guys believe me? So it's not just about these powerful men that are doing this. This is about listening to the victims, listening to the survivors, knowing what the statute of limitations are and understanding why some women don't come forward about it. People get a slap on the wrist. There, there are statute of limitations. So we're going to go over what the statute of limitations are. Well, and parents, if you notice things acting different with your children, if your child is acting, you know your child, they're acting a little different, acting out. There's probably a reason for it. And hopefully they can sit down and talk to you about it. But notice that. Don't just push it off. Address it and ask them what's going on so that way you know for sure that everything's going great, you know? But you have to be presently making sure your children are okay constantly. We we are the people that are they rely on and who they protect who we, we protect them. We are their protectors. Yeah. So each survivor, each victim has their own story and has their own way. Sometimes the statute of limitations isn't long enough for us to report it. So, Joel, why don't you describe us what a statute of limitations are in Oregon? So, Oregon's criminal statute of limitations, I mean, this is just at a glance because there's a detailed description of it all, but... Oregon law does not impose time limits for the prosecution of murder or manslaughter charges, but there is a six-year statute of limitations for sexual felonies or or crimes in which the victim is under 18 at the time of the offense. There is a three-year limit for all other felonies and a two-year limit for most misdemeanor in the state. And everything depends on the crime that... um... Is being done. Is being done. Or what what they're prosecuting you for or where it is. So civil is different than criminal. And there's different limitations um, on it. 
and from the time that the crime takes place, that's when the clock starts ticking. That's when the clock starts ticking. So if you are going to be in a felony and you are underage, the basic rule of thumb in that, let's say somebody was raped. Your basic rule of thumb is at the time that that underage child turns 30, that's it. Time's up in our area. Each state is different. If you want to know your statute of limitations, I would highly recommend looking it up. But also, there's other statute of limitations that um, even go down to wrongful medical health practice. Um, All of those things. There's one thing, Joel, when I was looking at this, you know, because, you know, murder is not supposed to be. There's no time limit on it. Of murder. That's good. That's a good thing. See, but the sad thing is, is so like there's no time limit for murder. But they killed a person and da 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 But like if someone like does something to someone and then they still have to live through Mm -hmm. it all fuck that like what the fuck how does that even it doesn't make sense to me like they're like oh murder is way worse than torturing people like Mm -hmm. and another thing is um whoever's deciding that i don't know what the fuck sorry i I think i think the shit needs to be updated man i mean come on Let's say you cr- commit a crime and you cross a border. It it should be charged as a as a federal level when that happens. Just so you know. One thing that I did learn when we were looking at this is acts in which statute does not run. So accused is not a resident within your state. Okay. Accused hides within the state to prevent process from being served. Okay. But then it says right here, but the maximum extension of the period will only be three more years. So that doesn't make any sense to me. So in order for, I mean, this is why people need to have attorneys because they they do things like that. And then, then they're like, okay, that, that your time's not going to run out. Well, that's bullshit because you only added three years to whatever crime it was. So that was crazy. That's crazy. So I just want to make sure that we focus on, you know, the correct things, knowing the statute of limitations within your area, knowing that it seems like the people doing the crimes have more of a voice than the victims. Guess what, Neil? Don't fucking really give a shit. Don't give a shit. You did wrong. You never paid for your crime. 
never paid. I don't know why you get away with it, what you got away with, Scott McAllister, to have no clue. Have no clue. You talk to the people in Salem about the Oregon Corrections Department, they will tell you the truth. They will tell you the truth, especially in that area. So I just want to say before we leave today, and is I think that the victims and the survivors voice should be heard over the person that that did the crime. What do you think, Joel? I agree. I think they give too much limelight or whatever you want to call it to the people who are doing the crime. And I mean, it could be that the victims maybe don't want their business out there because, you know, it's kind of, you know, personal. But how is it that these criminals are becoming more famous? You know what I mean? Like they're making a name for themselves, but they did something fucked up. Whereas these victims, well, they had shit so fucked up wrong with them, but why aren't, why aren't we talking about them? Why aren't we figuring out a way to make it better? And the survivor or the victim does not have to say their name. You don't have to. Mm-mm. I mean, shame on Willamette Week. Shame on Willamette Week. And props to Margie Belay because she held true to... And there's other people that do podcasts that I listen to on this very same subject, and they even mentioned her name. They didn't even do it at the out of the respect of her wishes out of the respect of her wishes, who she is no longer alive. So, I mean, you don't even have to um, say your name. Tell your story. Just tell someone you trust. And if you think that somebody's not going to believe you... Come talk to us. Send us a message. We'll believe you. We'll help. We will help. I want everybody to just keep their heads up and know that, you know, hey, what the F is ladylike is here for you. Yes, in all aspects of the way, we're here. And we're going to fight to make sure that our children are safe. I mean, come on, people. (laughs) Starts with the parents. I mean, and if you're not a parent and you are taking care of a child and you... I don't have to stress this enough. Children's minds are so precious. They are developing day by day. And I can tell you this because I was a child myself. Your mind never stops developing, even when you're an adult. I learn stuff new every day. I'm changing daily because of that. So do not, I'm telling this to, if any, we have any creepers, don't, don't fuck my children up. (laughs) And I'm going to try doing everything I can 
to prevent that. But then you have to realize they're going to have to go out in the world. They're going to go to school. They're going to be around other people with that maybe doesn't have the same outlook that I do in life. And maybe, you know, that stresses me out a little bit, but I want to make sure that my children know that they can come to me and talk to me about anything. Never shut them out. Never push them away. Even if it's something ridiculous. If you have a little kid, just like how I have two little children, if they want to come talk to you about the most ridiculous things, allow that because you don't want in the future for them to be like, oh, my mom didn't want to hear about my little song I made. There needs to be something that makes sure where your child knows that they can come to you and talk to you. Yeah. And I have to thank my mom for doing that because I felt like she was my best friend growing up. She she told me because I was getting into trouble growing up. And then finally she was like, you know what? She's like, if you ever have the urge to fight someone or say something mean or whatever, she's like, don't do it to them. Come talk to me. Rant it mm-hmm. out with me. And that is literally what helped me a lot within my teenage years. And it kept me from getting in trouble. Well, I mean, you don't want to turn. I mean, I was not the perfect parent by all means, but I mean. You did what you could. I did. I did what I could, you know. You did your best. But at the same time, I was not going to let my children not be able to once tell me anything. I felt like that they should be able to tell me anything and know that if they were to come talk to me, as long as they're talking to me, they weren't going to be punished, you know? I mean, of course, if they were to do something wrong, then, you know. Hey, but none of us has been in jail. <laughs> no, but I will tell this story before we go. Oh, no. What story? Is it about me or is it about your son or both? <laughs> so they, all the kids knew that they could come talk to me. And... They could tell me anything. And here is my son and all of his friends. And they're they're crashed out on the they're crashed out on the living rooms. I mean, you couldn't even walk. They were like just covered in the living room, right, Joel? Mm-hmm. You couldn't even walk. And they went out, and they went to a skate park, and then, you know. So the next morning, they're, like, trying to tell me a story. Tell them the story, Joel. So basically, one of my brother's friends, I mean, he was famous for doing this. He decided to tell this elaborate, or I think I'm saying it right, elaborate story. And he was like, so... We were walking down the street and this guy came up to us and started saying stuff. I don't even remember what he was saying, but he was like, he said this to us, blah, 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 and it kept going back and forth. So I stabbed him. And, and I believed him. My mom was like, what? And like, he was so serious. He was like, yeah. He was like, I so I stabbed him. And everybody in the back, he's like, yeah, he stabbed him. And mom's like, what? And I was freaking out, man. But I, But they could tell me anything, right? Of course, they were just messing with me. That didn't happen. But they, they, uh, they always like to mess with me. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. So the moral of the story is to believe your kids. Believe your kids. And let them talk to you. Let them talk to you and keep them off of social media. Yes. Keep them off of social media. If there could be like a rule, hey, when you graduate, you want a social media? That could be your first post. That could be your first post is taking a picture of your graduation. So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Peace. Ladylike is produced by us. Our sound engineer is Brendan Ginn. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs>